good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You guys didn't know that my wife is a football player, right? I'm telling you, that man has, that woman has uh, quite a few talents. She, she, she'll definitely take you down like a man, I'll tell you that much. Um, trust me, she's done it to me. <laughs> well, I am so glad that you are all here. How are you guys doing today? Good, amen. Well, we're so glad to be here with you. And for those of you joining us online, we're excited to be in your homes. We pray that today the word of God speaks to you in an impactful way. How many of you believe that God actually is interested in your life? I don't know if you've ever tapped into that. You know, I mean, it's easy to just kind of just go by what life throws at you. But the truth is that God really is interested in your life. And it's something that he wants to speak to you. If you believe that God can do that today, that God is interested in your life today, then say this with us. This is something that we do here. Say, I have ears to hear. I have, I have, eyes, that I have eyes that perceive. And I have a heart that's ready, ready. to understand and receive understand. the living word of God. Now, come on now. We are celebrating what God is about to do in your life. We're grateful for you. We've been in a series the last couple of weeks entitled, I'm In. I'm In. And what we've been doing is studying the scriptures in an attempt to get a, get a greater insight into what it practically means to be in the body of Christ. What does that mean to be a part of the church? You know, the church is not a building. The church is a people. You didn't come to church. You brought the church with you. You, 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 you strengthen the church. And so, so far over the last couple of weeks, what we've learned is in week one, we learned that in Christ, we have an invitation into a relationship with him. And that invitation is where it all begins. How many of you have ever been invited somewhere? How many of you got invited to go somewhere for Thanksgiving, right? You got invited. The question is, it's one thing to get invited. It's another thing to accept the invitation. To go, right? And so there's an invitation. Last week we learned that we are invaluable and that our value in the body of Christ is maximized when we use it to impart value into the lives of others. What I want you to catch is this, that this whole deal about being in the body of Christ, being a part of the church, being a part of what God is doing is progressive. It starts off with an invitation. And as you, as you accept that invitation, all of a sudden you begin to discover your value. You begin to discover who Christ is. You begin to discover the purposes that God has for you. And it leads us to another progressive step. It's one that we're going to be talking about today. Today I want to talk to you on the topic, I'm involved. I'm involved. The word involved is rich with meaning. It means to have part in something. It means to be included in something. It means to actively participate in something. It means to be in close relationship with someone. What I want you to begin to wrap your head and your heart around is this, that God is not just interested in your life. He's interested in what you bring to the table. He's interested in the value that you bring and impart to others. But that starts with the decision to be involved. See, according to the scriptures in the body of Christ, not only are we called to be a part in the body as a part of it, we're called to be involved, right? So it reminds me of a story I heard a while back. I don't know if you've heard it. If, you, if you've heard it, don't tell it. Don't finish it for your neighbor. All right, just, just, just rock with me on this one, right? Uh, it reminds me of a story I heard of the committed kamikaze, right? Now, if you know anything about kamikazes or if you know anything about history, kamikazes came about in World War II, and these were fighter pilots for the Japanese uh, nation, 
And what these guys, these, these guys were a special breed. These people were a special breed because they took an oath before every flight, right? They would take an oath, these kamikazes, and their oath was, I'm not only committed to fighting this battle, I'm committed to dying in it. So what they would do is they would take their planes and fly them into enemy grounds, be it a naval vessel, be it a, a base encampment, whatever it was, and these people would lose their lives in the process. And so the way the story goes, this kamikaze lands his plane after his 50th successful mission, right? He, he lands, and there's like a whole hoopla about him. There's cameras, and there's newspaper, uh, uh, there's, there's uh, journalists, and there's all types of people there. And they're like, Mr. Kamikaze, Mr. Kamikaze, and everybody there. <sighs> right? He's, he's, he's our national hero. Right? And so this guy lands, and he gets out his plane, and he's waving at everybody. He's smiling. They're throwing flowers at him and everything. And, and, and everybody's trying to ask him questions, and there's, there's, there's this one journalist who's like puzzled. And he goes, Mr. Kamikaze, Mr. Kamikaze, how is it that you are the most successful kamikaze in Japanese history? You've completed 50 successful missions, but you're still here. <laughs> and so he goes, ah, that's an easy question to answer. He says, see, I was, I was in the fight. I just wasn't committed to see it through. And I'll tell you why I share that with you. Because involvement in the body of Christ, involvement in what God wants to do through your life as you get connected to, to his body, to his family, to his resources, to his people, all those things, that involvement in the body of Christ is the fruit born out of a life that's rooted in commitment to Christ. And it's interesting to know, you know, this word uh, uh, involved isn't just, it doesn't just mean everything that we heard so far. It also means something complicated. So I'll give you an example of that through a sentence. It's a long and involved situation, right? It's complicated. And I think that this is where the word involved or being involved becomes intimidating and complicated for some of us because we struggle with committing to anything outside of ourselves, now listen, if the shoe fits, please don't wear it. Don't wear it. That shoe's not meant for you. Change it. Buy a new set of shoes. Make a new decision. Go a new direction in life. God wants to show you some great things as you become a part of his body. But what's interesting is that when you're not involved, your commitment is to yourself. I'm going to say that again. When you're not involved... Your commitment is to yourself. Now, I get it. Some of us, you know, we're, we're different stages of life. We're, this is, for some of us, this is all brand new. For some of us, we've been doing this for 40, 50 years. We're veterans, right? By the way, there's no such thing as veterans. Paul puts it this way. I haven't even arrived. But I will tell you this. If you're here, at least you left. You've started this process, right? So as a part of the body, we're called to be involved. And the reason why I think this gets complicated for us is because I want you to realize that when you're not involved, you're still committed, but you're only committed to yourself. You're not looking outside yourself. You're not seeing the value that you can bring to others. Listen to what the scriptures say in Proverbs 18.1. It says, whoever isolates himself. Do I have a whoever here by any chance? Any whoever's here? Any whoever's? I got one whoever. I'm sure there's more people online that are whoever's, right? But it says, whoever isolates himself, seeks 
his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. And so this scripture reveals that when we isolate, when we say, it's just me, my four, and no more. I don't know these people. They don't look like me. We don't have the same interests. We don't listen to the same music. We're not in the same age category. You believe something. I wish I was where you are, so I, don't, I can't go there. When we isolate, what the scripture says is that what we're really seeking is our own desire. Now get this. We're not even seeking God. We're not. What we're seeking is ourselves. We're, and we're comfortable in our insecurities. We're comfortable in our excuses. And what's, what's even more detrimental in this is that what the scripture says is that when we do that, it says that we break out against all sound judgment. That word break out there in the Hebrew means contention. In other words, what it's saying is that we literally come against the wisdom and sound judgment of God. You want to hear something that's really sound judgment, really good advice? You belong in the body of Christ. You want to hear some, 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 some powerful, life-changing information? God has a people. God has an entity. God has a movement where you belong and you can discover what God has for you and at the same time you can add to someone's life. You are a difference waiting to happen. Not just in your life, but in someone's life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's real good. Because for some of us, we don't think that way. We don't think that way. We don't see that. Now, on the contrary, when you do get involved, great things happen. Let me show you that from the uh, book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. So get this. You're meant to grow. But watch how that happens. It says, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together, watch this, by every joint with which it is equipped. So something's happening amongst the body. I'll give you an example of that. You see this hand? You know what it takes to wiggle those fingers? That didn't just start with those fingers. This big, beautiful brain of mine, right, <laughs> communicated to this neck of mine, right, and transmitted some neurological whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? And then all of a sudden my biceps and my triceps and my, 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 my elbow and ligaments and bones and everything began to cooperate, but these fingers can't wiggle without this forearm. Are you getting a picture here? And so he says that the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. And watch what it does. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, God wants to build you up. But watch this. God doesn't do it independent of the people in his, in his kingdom. He doesn't do that independent of the people that are probably sitting right here next to you. And so notice what's supposed to happen in the body. Notice what's supposed to happen as you join in, as you get involved. The scripture says that we are joined and held together. Now, here's the truth. Most people stop and stay in the place of joining. I'll tell you what that means. It looks like this. I go to church. Yeah, I, I pray. I read the Bible. Yeah, I believe in God. And look, there is nothing wrong with that. I applaud that. That is great. 
But if you're joined, just realize that it's, and that's where you stay, it comes at the expense of being held together. See, it's joining and holding together. God wants us joined and held together. When you get involved, it creates a bond so strong that leads to growth in your life and the lives of others. And when you're involved in the body of Christ, everyone is held together by everyone that is adding to everyone. That makes sense? And so I want you to see that you belong. And when this happens, when we get involved, everyone grows, the scripture says, and we start building something great. You know what I love about this scripture? That it teaches me and it teaches you that we're not called to depend on one person. Now, I grew up in that, that, that experience of church where whatever pastor said is, that's what it was. If you've been around here any length of time, you know that I'm the first one to tell you, do not trust what I tell you. Don't. Don't go by what I tell you. I am not God. As a matter of fact, I am no one here. I'm not. But what, what the scripture reveals is that as the body is joined together and we're holding each other, we begin to grow in this love of God. We begin to mature. And see, we can't do that alone. We can't exist in a bubble of isolation. Right? And so... When you think about the beginnings of the church, and maybe you may not know this, but the, the beginnings of the church, most people think about the church that's described in the book of Acts after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in reality, this began way before that among people that were joined and eventually learned to hold together. There were a group of guys that were referred to as the disciples, the first disciples, who later on went on to become apostles. And when Jesus was here with them on earth, their attention was consumed with following Jesus and doing what he said. But there eventually came the day where they were dispersed and they discovered a much bigger picture. Now, in preparation for that time beforehand, Jesus says to them in John 13, 34 and 35, and he says this to us also, he says this, a new command I give you. A new command. He says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so what I want you to see is this, that a disciple, a true disciple of Christ, is one who majors in this one thing. I am invested in being involved, not just in my life, in yours. And I know for some of you what you're thinking, right, especially you Hispanics, you're saying, that's room for bochinche. Right? I'm not interested in that, right? For those of you that didn't understand what I said, that's, that, that's an opportunity for gossip. Listen, I beg to differ because when it's love at the core of why you do it. See, when you love God, here's what happens. First John 4 puts it this way. We love because he first loved us. When you begin to grow in a personal relationship with God and you begin to pursue that, what is born out of you is a natural tendency to love and to see people a different way. You approach life differently. And so one of the disciples uh, that took this to heart was a guy named Philip. And this guy, Philip, 
uh, while he was with Christ, was impacted so much by his involvement with Christ and the love that joined him and held him together with the other disciples that it proved to be a powerful uh, resource unto him. It led him to great things in his life and through his life. So in Acts chapter 8, we're not going to read it, but I'm going to allude to it and then I'll take you somewhere in Acts. Uh, Philip is, the Bible tells us, ends up in Samaria. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on. The, the disciples, the early disciples were afraid for fear of the Jewish elite who were uh, seeking to discredit what Jesus had done. There was some persecution that was beginning to arise. And so Philip is on the road and he ends up in this place, Samaria. Now, that's an important point because Samaria is a place where Jews didn't go. Jews and Samaritans did not get together. They didn't like each other. Right. As a matter of fact, Jews referred to Samaritans as dogs. And so th there was a lot of tension there. And so Philip shows up in Samaria, the scripture says, and he told them about the good news of Jesus Christ. He tells them, listen, he really is the Christ. And these people believed. And as a result, many miracles took place. Many wondrous things started to happen. So despite the fact that he was alone and he was facing great peril during the persecutions uh, that many in the church were encountering at his time, Philip was well prepared. But why? Because he had a bigger picture in view than himself. The love that Philip shared with the disciples for Jesus and the love that they shared for each other prepared him to do what Jesus wants us all to do. It's to reach the world with the message that God loves them. Not just telling them, but living it. Now, you know, we sang a beautiful song. I don't know how you felt, but that song always touches my heart. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Right? It's a great song. But, you know, according to what we've seen so far in the scriptures, you can't love Jesus and not be involved. You can't love Jesus and not be involved. When you're in Christ, you're involved. Right? You're driven to love. You're driven to serve. You're driven to reach. You're driven to make a difference. And so I, what I love about this is that Philip is in Samaria and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to speak to him. It just means God speaking to him. And God says to him, Philip, I want you to go down to this road, this desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Just go there. And so Philip, you know, he he hikes it over there and he's walking. And while he's walking on this road, the Bible says that this caravan of people is coming and, and there's this pompous caravan and, and, and they're, they're transporting a guy who happens to be in the royal court of the Ethiopian queen. The Bible doesn't give us his name. It just tells us that he was a eunuch, right? But this guy wasn't just anyone in her royal court. This guy was her treasurer. Now, if you know anything about money, 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 Right? When it comes to money, especially when it's my money, I'm not just letting anybody handle that. So the reason why I point that out is because this guy was trusted by this queen. This guy was somebody of notoriety. People knew who this guy was. And so this guy's on the road, and the scriptures tell us in Acts chapter 8 that when he's on this road, he's coming from Jerusalem where he was there in worship. So he was seeking God. But the thing about it is if you dig into the story, what you see is that he was none the better based on that experience. Because while he's on this road and Philip is walking by him, approaching him, about to pass him, Philip hears this man reading from the scriptures in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, and he's reading about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. 
but he's not getting it. See, you can believe in God and worship God and not understand God and be none the better. And so this guy, is, is, he's reading this, and, and Philip hears this, and he goes, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, who's the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about somebody else? I don't get it. So the Bible says that Philip gets together with this guy, I guess right there on the road, maybe he sits down with him, and he begins to explain to him who Jesus is. And he begins to show him through the scriptures who Jesus is and the impact that this has made in his life and the impact it was making on others. Well, we don't know for sure exactly how that conversation went, but we do know this, that this guy was touched. He had something happened in his life. So much so that he says to Philip, hey, not only do I believe in Jesus, but hey, there's a body of water. And by implication, we can deduce that he told him about baptism. So this guy goes, look, there's a body of water. I, I believe what's stopping us from, from getting me baptized. He goes, let's do it. So Philip baptizes him. And then watch what happens in uh, Acts chapter 839. It says, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. So Philip disappears. And it says, And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now, at face value, that doesn't sound very exciting. Okay, yeah, he went skipping and hopping, you know, it was a bunch of uh, flowers, you know, and it was all fluffy and la-di-da. That's not what the Scripture is saying. That word rejoicing there in the Greek is the word Cairo. And that word was primarily used in the midst of an introduction, but get this, it was an introduction that led to you being made well. It was an introduction that opened a door for you to be caused to thrive. In other words, it was an open doorway to something better. And so in other words, what we're seeing here is that in meeting Philip and receiving this message, this eunuch was introduced to something new. He believed in Christ. And as a result, it produced a well-being in his life that caused him to thrive from that point forward. Now, why is that important? Because that's the opportunity that's available to each and every one of us every single day. You might, you might be like I was, where you'll go, well, yeah, I don't have a suit. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to talk like them. You know, I don't... I don't know what they know. You know, I, I got to change some things in my life. I got to get my act together. I got to clean myself up. Well, if that's what you need, then you don't need God. You are God. And the thing is that we all need God. We all need this, this, this introduction. We need to get to this place where we can be made well. And that's what happened in this man's life. And so though he was royalty, though this man's life was, uh, was better than most, though he was exposed to the finer things in life, what we see is that after this encounter, it got better -er. It wasn't just better. It was better -er. I'm going to copyright that. I might as well get paid for that if I'm going to make that word up. So look, our involvement in the body of Christ matters. What we see from Philip's example is this. Our involvement in the, in the body of Christ matters because it has the power to reach the life of another who matters to God. People matter to God. Wherever you are, you matter to God. If someone brought you here, if someone invited you here, if someone called you, if someone's been talking to you about God for a while, if you've been having these moments 
throughout your life and you've been finding yourself questioning God you know are you speaking to me God where are you God who are you I want you to see something that the door has been opened there's an invitation available to you and God wants you to go from invite to invaluable to involved and stay tuned for next week because I'm not telling you so I remember when we first got started in ministry me and my wife we got started but we didn't know we were in ministry Right? We were in this small church in the Bronx. Anybody Bronx people? Yeah. About four of you. Okay. All right. It's about four people from the Bronx here. We're doing something right. <laughs> Let me stop. All you Bronx people online, we love you. Right? You too as well that are here. No, listen, we were in this small church in the Bronx, and, and I, I grew up in church, so I was very hesitant about church. I wanted nothing to do with church. Uh, the way my wife tells it and some friends say it, you know, I, I wasn't aware of it, but I was like on pins and needles. It was like I, I, like I was just nervous, I guess. Um, but you got to understand, I grew up in a very strict religious uh, understanding of God where you were told God loved you, but he was the hammer and you were the nail and you were always wrong. And so I stayed away from church. So when we started going to church, um, I began to understand that God loved me. But I'll tell you how that happened. And more importantly than understanding God loved me, understanding that God had purpose for me. God, understanding that God wanted to do something great in my life. And he wanted to take me places and he could change the circumstances I was in. But that all started with, back then they used to call them cell groups. Today, if you call something a cell group, they probably won't think you're a terrorist. Um, but, but basically the premise was small groups. And there were like maybe, I don't know, eight, ten young couples, right? And we would just get together on Fridays. We would be in Castle Hill. Um, and, and we would go out there to a, one of our friend's homes. She would open up our home, and we would eat, because you know you got to eat, right, when you get together, right? We would eat, and we would, we would laugh, we would talk, we would catch up on life. We would go out together, you know, we would hang out, we would call each other. And, but on these Friday nights, we would also talk about, you know, how, how does the word of God relate to our lives? What is God speaking to us? And i got to tell you something. I did a lot of growing up there. I did a lot of growing up in those moments I can't tell you that I can remember one sermon I heard, maybe one. But what I do remember is the impact that God was making in my life through people. That's, that has stayed with me till this day. And so we started there, and, and we were growing, and next thing you know, we got involved. My wife is a whiz with finances, and they needed help, and she began to help them organize some things. And me, you know, I picked things up, and I put them down. So that's what I would do. I would clean toilets. You know, I would move chairs. I would whatever, right? That, that was just me. And we were doing all this stuff, but in the process of doing this stuff, what we didn't realize was that we were growing, and, and we began to grow to such an extent that we realized, man, there's more than these four walls. We began to notice people and talk about reaching people. We began to bring ideas to the table. And all of a sudden, we got real evangelistic. Man, I was showing up in Soundview Projects with a bunch of crazy teens. And the, when I tell you these kids were hood, they were hood. Like, they were hood, hood. Like, you didn't want to be around these kids, but they, they, were, they loved Jesus. They just were a mess. And we would jump out of my van, and we, I would call them drive-bys. So the first time I told them, we're going to do a drive-by, they were like, yo, what kind of church is this? And I was like, let me, let me tell you what I'm saying. We would just pull up, and we would show up, and we'd just start talking to people about Jesus. We'd have some stuff to give out, whatever. And it wasn't no weird, spooky stuff. It was just, yo, let me talk to you for a second. 
What do you believe? You know, how's your life? And, and these kids would get involved with us. And I remember one time I almost got bit by pit bulls. Um, and they, they, they jumped out and was like, yo. And I was like, what do you have in your back pocket? What are you doing? Right? But anyway, let's get back to it. My point is this, that look, we got to such an extent of involvement that it wasn't about doing something for God because we felt compelled. We, we were growing. And for those of you that have been around here at Church at the Bridge for a while, maybe this is new for you. For those of you that have been here for a while, here's what you know. It's not me, my four, and no more in this church. We, we do not believe that we are restricted by these walls. And we don't believe that we bring heaven down and heaven is only here when we're here. No, 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 no. Listen, the love of God is revealed when we love each other and we make it evident to people out there. To love your neighbor is to love God. Let me, let me take that a step further. To be involved is to love God, to serve God. And so don't minimize the power of your involvement. Don't minimize it. You can get involved even here. Listen, if, if you heard anything about what I was saying, how we kind of came up, not that we took from our experience, uh, we mimicked our, from our experience, but it's in the scriptures. If you look at Church at the Bridge, there's a reason why we have microgroups. There's a reason why we're involved in the community. There's a reason why we're generous givers. There's a reason why we care for one another and others. There's a reason why we dare to step out these four walls and talk to people in the community and, and work with our local politicians and council and people in this city. There's a reason why we're so service-driven. Why? Because it's scriptural. Because involved people are people in the body of Christ. Right? And so don't minimize the power of your involvement. Why? Because it's the pathway for Jesus to touch someone else's life. It's the pathway. Again, you're a difference from God waiting to happen in the life of another. You matter. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says this. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But watch the transfer. Therefore, go, now you go with this authority, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So watch what Jesus says in summary. Here's what he says. He says, take what I'm teaching you. Take the impact that I'm making in your life. And now share that with somebody. Teach it to somebody. Show them what I'm doing in your life and what's possible in their lives and in the lives of others. Now, that's great and dandy. And for you who say, well, you know, it just, that's not my, that's not my style. You know, that's not my thing. You know, I'm, I'm shy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a reserved person. I don't do that. That's not my cup of tea. Let me tell you what Jesus says to you. Or for you who say, well, I don't know enough. I can't. This is all new to me. How do I do this? How do I even know what scriptures to share with them? It's not about that. Watch what it's about. Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. When you show up, God will fill that space. He'll fill your mouth. He'll fill your hands. He'll use your life. Amen? Amen. And so I want to get, now, 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 get this. Jesus also says something else about this in Matthew 12, 30. He says, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. 
Whoever does not gather with me scatters. In other words, whoever's not involved in my agenda, whoever's not involved in not just having their lives changed, but in bringing life change into the lives of others, you're not gathering. You're not gaining anything. He's saying, you're scattering everything that I'm doing in your life. You're wasting it. You're wasting it. So if you're not involved in the work of the body to reach others, if you're not involved in, in what God calls the church and the, the impact he wants to make, you're actually hurting the cause of Christ instead of helping it. We're not helping anyone, but here's what we're also not doing. We're not helping ourselves. And so look, for the next couple of moments that I have here, I want to quickly just share some reasons for you to get involved, some reasons why you should be involved. The first thing is that getting involved challenges us to be like Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Getting involved challenges us to be like Jesus. Listen to Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So here's what he's saying. There's going to come a day where we're no longer going to have this opportunity because Jesus is going to return. And he says, but up until that day, here's what we're supposed to do. We're to spur one another on, not just cheer one another, propel one another, push one another to move forward. And he says, but why? We push one another towards love and good deeds. That's God's agenda. Now, I'll tell you something about getting involved that challenges us to be like Jesus. Nothing has the power to help you grow in Christ more than the daily grind of interactions with others. Now, you can ask my wife how much she's grown in her faith and how much she's matured in her trust in God by dealing with me. <laughs> she's done a lot of growing up. I'll just leave it at that. But you know, the same is true about being involved in the body of Christ. As we deal with multiple personalities, different levels of understanding, the diversities that, that are related to how we communicate, where we come from, how we do things, what we know, what we don't know, all these things help us to grow. Now let me ask you a question, bro. What would it take you to get to the point where you're benching 300 pounds? Can you do it now? No, you can't do it now, right? So what would it take? Consistency. Okay, here's what he's talking about. The very thing that's too heavy for you to do that you don't want to do, when you begin to apply yourself towards it and you begin to push against it, you begin to develop the ability to do the very thing that you think you can. See, what's hardest isn't really hard. You know what's the hardest part? about doing what God tells us, it's getting started. It's pushing against the very excuses and things that we don't do. And, and in the body of Christ, here at Church of the Bridge even, let me tell you, man, I've learned something over the years in being a shepherd, so to speak. Sheep bite. I'll tell you something else. I've probably bitten some of them too, right? There's a whole lot of biting going on, right? But when you begin to get close and personal with people, you begin to work with people, you begin to serve with people, you begin to get involved, you'll see some things that you don't like. And the very thing that you don't like, as you press past that, 
is the very thing that will strengthen you, but also add strength to another. So I share that with you because I want to tell you, don't give up. Because when you give up, you're out. Instead of giving up, man, push forward. You'll see that you'll grow and you'll see how much you add to the life of another. The second thing I want to leave you with here is this. Getting involved meets practical needs. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and we're going to look at this next week in greater detail, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That simply means relationship with one another, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with law at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Listen, when you're involved in the body of Christ, when you, when you join in in what God is doing amongst people and you become a part of that, you open the doors for some of your physical needs to begin to be met. That happens. That happens. I can't tell you how many countless stories. We, there's there's a, a men's uh, transitional facility that we get involved with and we, we help to support in some regards. And, and I can't tell you how all these guys, when they start there, they're homeless. I can't tell you how many guys have started there and now have their own apartment, are working, they're growing in Christ, they come here. These are guys that everybody said, ooh, it stinketh. Don't touch that. Well, I'll tell you what. For us, here's what we believe, that no one is past the point of redemption. Every life matters. And when you start to get involved in the lives of people, what you do is create the ability for something great to happen. Notice, it's easy to get impressed with Acts chapter 2, the, the verses we just read, where it talks about all these miracles and wonders happening. But I want you to see what undergirded those miracles and wondrous things that were happening. It was people that were involved in each other's lives. These people cared for one another. These people supported one another. These people added to one another. I don't know about you, but I thank God for where I'm at. But I know this. I thank God for the people that he placed in my life that saw something good in me when I didn't believe anything good. When all I saw was bad. That's the power of getting involved. You begin to get some practical needs met. See, you have to make way for a miracle to happen in your life, but you also have to make way to, to embrace the miracles that God wants to release into the lives of others through you. Amen. Get involved. It meets your practical needs and the needs of others. The next thing I want to share with you is that getting involved carries us emotionally. Galatians 6.2 says, Carrying each other's, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So watch this. Just as important as our physical needs are the emotional needs we carry through life. Now, I don't know about you, but every one of us carries some weight. We all have those moments. You ever do one of these? How you doing? I'm good. Liar. <laughs> no, you're not. You know you're not, right? But, you know, this is my burden to carry. What the scripture tells us here is very important. That word burden there in the original language speaks of heaviness. It speaks of weight. It speaks of burdens. It also speaks of trouble. And what I want you to see is that God wouldn't tell us this 
if we didn't need it. God would not tell us that we're to carry each other's burdens. You know why? He wouldn't tell us that if we didn't need it. And the truth is this, that not only do we carry burdens, but there are people amongst us that carry burdens. Don't let this whole title of Christian fool you. We carry some weight. And the only way to get through that, according to scripture, is this. This is when we fulfill the law of Christ, love. When we help to carry one another. Right? Now, let me give you some practical advice if you're going to endeavor to do that. The first thing I want to say to you is this in that regard. It's important to be real. Tell you what I mean. Don't be that person that goes, oh, bless the Lord. I'm just so blessed and highly favored. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Right? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but I will still praise his holy name. Right? And we get so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, we can fake it trying to make it, but we don't make anything because it's fake. It doesn't work. You know, we have to be transparent. We have to be real, right? I'm not, I'm not saying go and vomit on somebody either, right? But what I'm saying is we have to begin to be transparent and open. Why? Because that's what true community in the body is all about. That's how it happens. Notice that these people devoted themselves, not just to the study of the word and prayer, but to fellowship with one another. These people began to grow with one another and help one another. It's important then in that regard to make sure that if you're going to take the weight off of someone, that you are able to carry that. Don't pick up something that you can't help carry. It's just practical wisdom. Don't try to be something for someone that you're not. Right? I'll tell you something else that's important. It's important to make sure that you can help take the weight off of someone. I'm sorry. It's also important that when you turn to someone, that you know that they are mature enough to help you with your load. You don't want to go to someone who's in the same predicament as you. You want to go to someone who's been there, done that, and is now overcome it. Right? And here's something else. If you're going to go to someone, you're going to turn to someone. You better make sure that what they're giving you is not some good self-help. A true, or someone who truly encourages you is going to point you back to the truth in God's word. It's going to be someone who's walking it and not just talking it, right? They walk it like they talk it, right? That was, that was cool. Make sure you, uh, that's tweetable. Just hashtag me, you know, whatever, tag me. Right? Anyway, no, listen. I'm sorry, my brain just goes places sometimes. But listen, you got to make sure that it's someone that can add value to your life with the principles and the truth that God has worked through their lives. The other thing that I want to say to you in that regard, if you're going to go there, is this. That it's also important that if you're going to do this, that you understand that it's a commitment. It's a commitment. I have this tendency, I'll say to people, how you doing? And they go, I'm good. And now it's, I got another question for you. How you really doing? And for some people, they'll go, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, I got some stuff going on. And, 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 but see, that's, we got to get past this surface level stuff. You know? We got to get, we, this isn't a scratch off where you scratch it off and you get a million dollars. You got to go deeper than that, right? And so the next thing I want to say to you is that getting involved reveals Gifts and talents. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says this. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If, they, if either of them falls down, one can help the other. 
up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I'll tell you what the scripture is saying there. Two are better than one because there's double the strength. Two are better than one because there's double the stamina. Two are better than one because there's a relief, a release of gifts and talents. So how does that relate to our lives? The Bible says this in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, in Romans 12, that we are all gifted, that God has given gifts to us all, but those gifts are of no use if we don't use them for the benefits of others. We have a guy here named Gianni who uh, started off as a volunteer here just like a lot of our volunteers, and we love our volunteers. Uh, matter of fact, can we just give it up for them? Because they make these things happen. They sacrifice their time. They come in. They, they go above and beyond. But this guy started off as one of our volunteers, and he, you know, he, he was very creative, but you know, he was just trying to figure things out. And so he just jumped in, and he started helping us out with a few things. And, and, and I, I, I saw that creativity. And so I remember having a conversation with him. And at one point, after being involved, he says to me, Pastor, what else can I do? And I had to go back and pray and really think about that because I said, there's more to what is on the surface here. And so I said to him, I remember pulling him one day and I said, look, at that point in, in, in that juncture in time, I was the one who did everything with the website. I was the one who did everything with digital design. I was the one who did anything with printing, with and on top of teaching and, and counseling and meeting with people and things in the community. So I was overwhelmed, right? And so when he said that, I, you know, I just went to the Lord in prayer and I said, you know what? I really felt led to just say to him, look, there's some things that I want to teach you. Just a few things. Would you be willing to do that? But I told him, but I will tell you this. If you accept this, if you commit to this, the goal that I have is that you would be better than me. Now, I'm not one to brag but I think we do a pretty good job with videos, with graphics, with all that kind of stuff. Now watch this, because that's not the point I'm getting at. This guy did not just stop at what his gifting was. He began to realize and discover some gifts that were already there. But he began to empower other people. And that creative team, man, they are an amazing group of people. They've brought ideas. They've, they've brought us to a level that I never thought, and we're just getting started. But here's the point that I want you to see, that when you get involved, you discover gifts that you didn't even know you had. And you have those. You can do that. The last point that I want to leave you with here is this, as we stand. It's that getting involved opens the door to being involved in the world around us. Now, get this. This guy, Philip, started in his own little circle with, 12, with another 11 guys in Jesus. And everything was cool then. But then all of a sudden, he began to mature and grow. He began to take notice of the lives of people around him. It drove him to places that he wasn't even supposed to be. But you see, he didn't care about where he was supposed to be because he cared more about what he had seen Jesus do. Touch the lives of people. Now for some of us, we feel small in that regard. But you know, Jesus once shared a parable where he says that faith is like a mustard seed. He says it's small, it's the smallest amongst all seeds. He says when you sow that little seed, when you plant it, when you involve it in the whole environment, 
He says, it grows up to be the biggest amongst all its contemporaries. So much so that its branches extend so far out and the birds of the air come to that tree and perch there. They find shade there. They find comfort there. Let me tell you something, friends. You are that seed. And when you allow God to show you like he is today, that you're a difference waiting to happen. When you get involved, when you plant yourself, the Bible says this, first comes the blade, then comes the, the, the grain, then comes the full head in the grain, and then it's ready for harvest. What I want you to see is that it's a process. And right now, for some of us, we don't even see the blade, but that doesn't mean that God isn't working in your life right now. That doesn't mean that you wasted your time here today. There is something that God wants to do to you, for you, and through you. But our part is to get involved. Amen? And so, Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Before we pray, I want you to do something. I want you to measure the truth in God's word against what you believe to be true about your life. And I want you to see, ask yourself this question, what difference is coming from my life? Ask yourself this, if I moved from my neighborhood, if I left my job, if I left my community, if I left the people around me, would they even notice? Is your life making that kind of impact that when you leave, they go, man, I can't wait till she gets back, till he gets back. See, but that happens when you get involved. And God wants to use your life. Are you committed? Will you get involved? Will you take that turn for something so much better than me, my four, and no more? Now, Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. We hear the truth in your word. We see the value that it adds to our life. But we also adhere to the call today. It's clear that you have not called us to live on the sidelines of life. You've called us into your family, a holy nation, a people intended to make a difference, not just in the church, but through the church into communities. I thank you for these, your people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that today's message asserts something so true, Lord, that while we may not see it, you choose us to confound the wise. You choose us to be your hands and feet, and you call us to something so much more. And so today, Lord, in the hearing of your word, Lord, if this is you, and you commit that to God, Father, I'm getting involved. Don't feel bad about where you've been. Don't feel bad about where you've dropped the ball. Don't condemn yourself and don't buy the lies of the enemy either. Right now is the time to make a decision. To be in. To see beyond yourself. Now it's very possible that there's someone here today and you're joining us and you're hearing this and what, you, what, you're, what you're hearing and what you're realizing is, man, I never understood that I could actually belong to something greater than myself. That I can belong to something so much more that there's belonging, that there's healing, that there's strength, that there's peace, that there's true life change available for me. 
beyond the people that I keep in my small, tight circle. I ask you, for you, if that's where you've been, how's that working for you? And for you who are hearing this and you've never known Christ, or maybe you grew up in church and you walked away like I did, today what you're hearing is, man, I need this belonging. I belong to something more. I need to be involved. There are gifts and talents that I want to release. There are things that I don't understand that I will discover in the midst of people seeking God. And my friend, if that's you and you feel that burden, you feel that drawing on your heart, then I want you to understand this. That God loved you so much that before you could ever get involved, he got involved in the affairs of all men. He looked upon us and he says, man, they've really jacked things up and they can't fix it. And the only way to make it right is to make a payment that undoes the very thing called sin. None of us could do that. And so he said, ah, I know what I'll do. I love them so much that I'll become a man like them. I'll die the death that was theirs to die and pay the price. And the debt that was upon them, I'll take it off of them. And I'll rise again to prove not only that I'm God, but that they can rise too. My friend, if you believe that today with us, and I want you to pray this prayer with us as we close. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you love me. I believe you died for me, paid the price for me, and that you rose again so that I could rise. Today I declare you're my Lord. You're my Savior and my God. And from this day forward, I trust you I'm seeking you, and I'm looking forward to a new life. I'm in. I'm involved. I'm expecting great things. My friend, if that's you, we're celebrating the goodness of God at work in your life. We welcome you into the kingdom, and we're excited about all that God is doing to you and through you. Now, Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you again next Sunday. Thank you for worshiping with us. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church at the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us and I can't wait to connect with you next week.